and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We are presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, Robbie Calland is back. We're going to run through the Western Conference win total over unders. Robbie, I'm trying to bring the energy, but we're recording this right after we just ran through a 95-minute podcast on the Eastern Conference win total over unders. Robbie, we just talked, but how you doing, man? I'm fantastic. Let's do this. I'm ready. You know we love over under season. It's I the still best. got the I still got energy. It's the best. It's our favorite time of the year to randomly not invest a crazy amount of money in things that like only sort of kind of matter. That's correct. But there are the That's correct, yeah. Absolute best discussion points that Vegas releases every year, I think in my opinion. Like I love it I so agree. much. I agree. I agree. I think, you know, like it's a nice it's a nice, you know, barometer for where where the smart folks see the league. Um, and it's a nice time to, to try and see if you can, uh, where you think you can find some edges. And uh, that's that's always fun. It's, it's a nice area to begin conversation. And I'd much rather do this than MVP. We are going to talk about MVP at some point, though. I've got, I've, look, I've read the column. I'm ready. Okay. But, like, I... I I'm prepared for MVP talk, but like, you know which one I don't, I, I will never bet on is Defensive Player of the Year. What is Anthony Davis at for Defensive Player of the Year? He's the favorite. I think he should be. Which is probably correct, but like, I don't bet favorites really. Yeah. Do you have the I number will in with front MVP. of you? Uh, give me just a moment. Let's see talk here. about something. Uh, talk about something. Well, the reason that I think Anthony Davis probably wins Defensive Player of the Year is because. NBA voters still don't really know how to judge defense for the well, most part. It's a, nar- it's a narrative award. Yeah, it's a narrative award. And while NBA voters are 75 times better than college basketball voters in terms of what they reward, uh, I do think that like Anthony Davis, what he did in the playoffs last year really opened people's eyes to just like, oh shit, this guy is like the best defender in the NBA right mm-hmm. now. Let's see. Let's see. Oh wait, no. Let me let me tell you what the worst be- award you can bet on is, and that is most improved player. Yeah, it's a bad one. That's a real rough one. Uh, he is plus two twenty five, which is low. Yeah, it's too low. I wouldn't bet that. But Giannis is three twenty five. Gobert's three seventy five. Bam seven fifty. Embiid ten to one. I like and that. Embiid ten to one. Simmons twenty to one. Kawhi twenty to one. So you get to long shots from there i like Embiid at 10 to 1 quite a bit bet online numbers that's where they're at um i also hate rookie of the year odds this year yeah i don't like them either i was not really a fan don't like anything don't like much of anything there. like there's a chance that obi Toppin just puts up like 17 and 8 because mm-hmm. who else is going to but then there's also a chance that like julius randall and him are unplayable together and <laughs> And you're paying one of those guys twenty million dollars. Yeah. Okay. They're like they're like a the uh, Spider Man meme <laughs> type type area there. Let's anyway. talk about Western conference teams again. These are Westgate numbers because Westgate is the most important place in our lives. Robbie Callan and I. Shots to the Superbook. See you soon, baby. We're gonna go in the order. Which the conference is projected essentially by Vegas. So Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Mavericks, they have the four highest uh, NBA win totals, and then we'll go down from there. Over-unders. 
So let's start with the Lakers. The Lakers, 46 and a half. Mm-hmm. I really like this number. This is one of the Dude. few that I love in the West. Okay. Let, do you, how are you feeling before I make my case? I don't feel as strongly. Like I understand. I'm assuming you're over. I am. Yeah. I assume you're over and I understand. I'm a, I'm a little afraid of how many games LeBron plays this year because I could see him taking a semi sabbatical at some point, kind of like he did in Cleveland when he went to Miami for two weeks with like the back injury when really he just wanted to get out of there for a little time. Um, I don't think he's necessarily going to do that because he's like not going to want to escape LA. But like, I'm interested to see how they do load management, and I think they are the team, even more so than than really the Clippers, because like this is what the Clippers do. Like the Clippers have a system for Kawhi and stuff, but the Lakers even more so. I'm really interested to see how they handle this because they are the team coming off the finals that has talked the most about this and made it the clearest that this is going to happen. However, I'm going to assume part of your point is they added some better regular season players this year. It is. And I talked about this on the last podcast or uh, the second to last podcast with Danny LaRue. Like, I actually think that the specific players that they added help them ease the burden of losing LeBron for 20 games in the regular season. Uh, Mark Gasol, like, is a very competent NBA big man. Montrez Harrell is the guy who won sixth man of the year and he can get buckets and can like really help them offensively. Uh, a Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell pick and roll is going to be very good as a second unit option when Anthony Davis and LeBron James are off the court. Mm-hmm. Wes Matthews is essentially like a like for like replacement with Danny Green. I think Danny's yep. a little bit better in terms of team defense, but sure. nonetheless. Sure. This is a team that I think is more tailor-made to withstand a two-week sabbatical from LeBron James if they want sure. to. Uh, sure. I would imagine Anthony Davis probably does not play more than 55 games this year, to be honest. Because why? But in the games that they do play in year oh, two... Of this like setup with LeBron and Anthony Davis like having real chemistry now, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna fucking murder. Like they, oh, they're gonna be they're gonna be incredible. They might win forty games out of the fifty five that LeBron and AD play together. That's fair. And if you're telling me that I need six games sure. or seven games, seven games. Sure. out of a remaining seventeen. I guess the question is how many of those games where there's rest is there overlap? Because that's the question, right? Yeah. So if you have 50 games and you have 50 games, if you have two guys playing 55 games, they're not playing 55 together. You know, like they're going to stagger it. So it's like, do you get 30 games of them together? You know, like how many of these LeBron-less nights are going to coincide with the AD nights? And like, that's the interesting thing to me. And like, here's the thing. They're going to win a lot of those games. Yeah. Like I'm – I would not advocate the under. I lean over. I don't hate if you want to take it. I'm a little spooked off it, but again, I'm with you because they have added regular season players yeah. in spots where they didn't have them. Rajon Rondo is replaced by Dennis Schroeder. 
So now you have the question of like, can Schroeder play in the playoffs? And like, it's kind of interesting how they decided to balance this, where they're like, look, like in the playoffs, we have LeBron and Anthony Davis. We'll be okay. We'll figure it out. We'll be okay. We have to get through this regular season. And I think the other thing with the Lakers is what's kind of funny about the top two teams in the West both being the L.A. teams. I don't think the Lakers give a damn about the one seed. Because guess what happens if the Clippers are the one seed? They, Do you know what that conference finals is? Lakers home It's seven series. home games for the Lakers. Yep. Because like by that time, they're hoping that fans will be able to be back and all that stuff. We'll see, but I don't. I don't think they're going to be as concerned about that this year. Um, they're not worried about building the chemistry between LeBron and AD. I think they'd be comfortable with those two playing. Let's say they play literally half the season together, thirty-six games. Like you said, they might go thirty and six in those. Whatever. Yeah. I think that they will. Like I think and that, that they're going be, to and that murder. might be enough. And that might be, and that might be enough. And again, I think it could be. And I lean over, but I am a little afraid of the rest. But it might not be as bad as we're thinking. It might just not. Like LeBron might take time in December and January and decide, like, I want to kind of do my, I want to play a lot coming down the stretch. Who knows? Well, maybe he'll do some active rest time too. Sure, he's been, the, and that's the other thing. I think their defense slips this year in the regular season. Because I think we we see LeBron kind of pick pick and choose spots a little more than he did last year. Um, because he knows now they can step it up. Where I think last year was about kind of reasserting a culture there. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Well, and they got worse defensive players, too. They did, yeah. And Montrez like, and Dennis. Dennis is fine. Um, Dennis, when he's engaged, is good. And he'll be engaged in LA, so that could be good. But I did I did laugh a lot at Dennis's uh I'm a starter comment. That's always a good sign. Yeah, it's not gonna end well. Um he probably Ooh, will be a starter, I, can, but yeah. He will be a starter because like they kinda but like it is it is funny. Uh I do look forward to um I will say this. We're gonna get some um, some Mario Chalmers moments on the floor with Dennis and LeBron. Book it. I don't know if it's gonna be that bad, man. Book it. Dennis is way better than Mario was. He is. But he's going to do some things. <laughs> he is going to do t- some things. Let me t- I know Dennis pretty well. From his time in Atlanta and our times at the DS-17 Lounge. Not, I mean, look, again, his confidence is part of why he's where he is. But there's, there's, we'll see. Here's the thing, and this goes back to the Jeremy Grant rant I went on, uh, rant I went on, which is like, you would think that being as great as he was in the role he was asked to play in OKC, which was still like a he was like the leading scorer and played 32 minutes a night. He just came off the bench. Yeah, might have changed his perception of that role. Wrong. That's all I'm saying. Love Dennis though. I hope he does well. Okay. I am, I don't, man, it's like the closest thing to a bet for me without being a bet, I think, for the Lakers. Like, over for sure for me. And you're over as well, but you're a stay away. Yeah, I'd lean there, yeah, for sure. Stay away for Robbie. Sam, maybe bet. Okay, Clippers, (laughs) 
45 and a half. Mm-hmm. Last year, the Clippers won 49 games. I can't quite figure out why this number is this low. Yeah, this is this is one I actually this is one I, I would bet, which is over. Uh, because here's the thing: I think everybody, I think this has the funny thing is the Clippers aren't going to do more or less load management with Kawhi this year. Yeah, they already did that. You don't have to cook more of that in for this season. They didn't play that deep into the bubble. Like I don't. Kawhi played fifty-seven games last year. Paul George played forty-eight last year. They didn't have Marcus Morris for the first Paul, half of yeah. the season. Paul uh, George is going to play more games. Kawhi might play fewer. Yeah, and like, look, they lost Montres Harrell. They lost, sure. uh, you know, I guess the fifty games of Mo Harkless. They lose Jamichael Green. Sure, Luke Kennard's an upgrade over Landry Shamit. Yes, a very big especially one, especially for I uh, think. yeah, and especially for what they need. Um, and you have to worry about Luke staying healthy too. Like Luke's knees are yeah, a he's, concern. He's had he's had issues, but like he's also going to be in a role that I think will help that. Yeah, uh, agree. Not being asked to do as much. Um, like you said, a full season of Marcus Morris. I think Paul George probably plays closer to that fifty-seven number Kawhi played. And like for all the jokes, like Paul George was really good last year. Yeah, in the regular season, like he's still a really good player. Yep. Paul George shot forty two percent from three on eight attempts from three last year. Like, yeah, man, he's he's a very good basketball player. Yeah, like the fact that he has signed this max extension, like it's sensible for them to have done this. Um, uh, also, like this is this is kind of like the thing we talked about with Toronto and Milwaukee, which is like the questions for this team are exclusively postseason questions. Well, here is the other thing too. For me, they upgraded like going from Montrezl Harrell to Serge Ibaka is an enormous upgrade. I think one hundred percent. Like not not to disparage Montrez and the like synergy he had with Lou Williams, mm-hmm. but Kawhi and Paul George like they needed more space to mm-hmm. be able to operate within the mid range. Marks Morris likes that space to operate in the mid range, which mm-hmm. you know has mixed results, but it's what he likes to do. Mm-hmm. And he's become at least a very good three point shooter. Yes, yeah, he wasn't very good with the Clippers last year, but like I not as great. believe in him getting open shots. Sure. From he was better in the playoffs. Yeah, he was. He was actually pretty good in the playoffs. But yes, I'm with him. And Ibaka can space the floor. Surge can space the floor. The and we Surge is a legitimately good defender over Montrez, who is not a very good defender. So I, I think this team is better than they were last year. I agree. Like, Reggie Jackson still is a competent backup point guard. Yes. You brought him back. Like, still there Beverly. Was some panic. Like, I think, I think the thing with this team that I think the Montrez leaving for the Lakers thing created this panic. And then they got surge and nobody really talked about it. But like, like you said, that was an upgrade, but it was one of those kind of like narrative over jokes over facts type thing, which like, Oh, Montrez left them for their rival. And it's like, okay, like that. It certainly matters, but it would have mattered more had they not gotten a really good replacement. Yeah. It would have mattered for this particular conversation too, because yes, because Montrez mattered to regular season winning. Yes, he did. But Serge will Serge was close to as productive an offensive player while being an upgrade defensive. Yeah, and was probably better as an offensive player. Whenever you sure. account for the floor spacing and everything, that's why. Well. That's why. That's why I, I shifted my my statement to production. Yeah, and not betterment. But so yes. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that this is a better team, and I think that they also win more than 45 games, or 46 yeah, games, I guess. I feel pretty confident in that. I would bet that. Okay. The Denver Nuggets, 44 and a half. This is a tough number, I think. And this is one that I have no desire to touch, period. We're going to say that about approximately like 10 of the next ones. Yeah. So what worries you most about this number? Because for me, (laughs) it's how healthy is Will Barton? How healthy is Gary Harris? And Michael Porter Jr. starter. Mm-hmm. is terrifying to mm-hmm. me uh, in a number of capacities, uh, yes. but it could go exceptionally well. Could be great. And could be, they could be even better offensively, which is terrifying. Yeah. And like Jermichael Green is, he fits like he'll be good in the regular season. I think. Um, Does Mike Malone end up trusting bull bull to play as the backup center? I'm unclear on that. Uh, God, I hope so for my entertainment. Like they Not gave for the Nuggets ability to win. Well, like they gave team. Isaiah Hartenstein, uh, I think like two years, four million, and then gave Bobo a real contract. Gave Bobo a real contract, but like, I wonder if Hartenstein eats some of those minutes. I don't think he well, will. I think he, well, he well, here's here's what I'll say about Mike Malone that we know is like he will do what he thinks is right. Yeah, uh, and I think it's part of the reason Grant's not there anymore. Uh, because like he's gonna he his rotations get weird and they change and it's part of why they've been so successful is because he presses buttons and is willing to make the changes that some coaches wouldn't. But it also can lead to some frustration with guys. Whatever. Uh, the thing about the Nuggets for me is like Jokic is super healthy all the time, and it's because like he doesn't do the things that get you hurt, right? What gets you hurt? Being an athlete. Running, jumping, those sorts of things. He doesn't do those things. He knows. He's like me at the <laughs> NAU gym. Okay? We don't need to jump and do these things and risk landing on someone's foot. That's silly. Why would we do that? Why would we risk my, the health of our knees? You know what we'll do? We'll stay back here and we'll pass. We'll shoot. We'll be crafty as hell. I love it. I love it. And so for that reason, like, he's going to play a ton. I don't worry about that. Jamal Murray? Who is he? Are you bubble Jamal? Probably not for a regular season. That seems impossible. But are you better than regular season Jamal has been? That would be cool. I hope to see that. I would like to see that. I'm not sure I believe that. Um, the Jeremy Grant thing worries me more, again, come postseason time because of the defense. Not as much regular season. I'm with you. Like, this number seems right. I could see them winning 45-46. I could see them winning 43. They're going to be good? I mean, if Michael Porter is really good and Gary Harris and Will Barton are healthy... They could be be in the conversation for the two-seed again. Yes, they could win 50 games pretty easily, I think. Yeah, but you got the health of the role, guys, and you have MPJ, who is... The ultimate high ceiling, low floor guy, maybe of any of these teams. When does the like, he might be the biggest swing guy on any team in the West? When does the does Michael Porter take the vaccine for COVID conversation happen? Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, can I get wait, where's the prop on 
him mentioning herd immunity at some point. Oh, no. Oh, no. When asked if he needs to get it because everybody else is getting it. I mean, this is a guy who has been quoted as saying, I've never been vaccinated in my life. Which is weird because, like, don't, like, a lot of, like, youth sports things require some of that stuff? I don't know. Has that changed in recent years? Like, I swear when I was a kid, you had to at least have, like, the MMR and stuff. Maybe he has and just, like, didn't know to know what a vaccination was. Like, maybe that's... Well, he was, like, thing. six. Yeah, right. Like, totally cool. But, uh... Yeah. No, I'm, uh, with, I'm with... Hey, hey, hey. Storylines to watch for Denver come April. Seriously, someone like Bovada is going to release a player oh, we'll prop. Oh, we'll have, we'll have odds. Of will Michael Porter receive the vaccine? We'll have, we'll have odds. And Michael Porter Jr. is a very talented basketball player who has the ceiling to be a top 10 player in the NBA at some point, by the way. Like, Michael Porter is so good. He's so talented. And God, am I terrified of where this goes. <laughs> We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP hackers and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla minus one recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan and you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon prime or something to be able to watch it. So When I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. NordVPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions, just head to nordvpn.com slash game theory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y, to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash game theory to claim your account, nordvpn.com slash game theory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord. And it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash game theory. Hey. 
Anyway, next up here, we've got the Dallas Mavericks. They're sitting here 42 and a half. That's a, that's a robust number. That's a big number. Dallas last year won 43 games in 75 games though. So this would be a little bit of an improvement for Dallas. I am hesitant on this number. This is not a, not a bet for me, but if I had to lean one way, I would say over. Where are you sitting on disagree. the Dallas Mavericks? We will disagree. I'm going to lean under. Okay. Um, again, like I don't think it's a – it's not a bet for me. I know it's not a bet for me. Um, but here's my thing. I don't think Chris Tapps plays a lot this year. Okay. Um, like, I, I think they're going to tread real lightly with that knee, as they probably should. And if Chris Stapps doesn't play, like, Luca's phenomenal. I like the Josh Richardson addition for them. I actually, that was one of those trades where I was like, I see this for both teams, which is always nice when that happens. Because um, that's, like, should be the goal of a trade. is like everybody gets a little better. Like, yeah. Richardson brings them some defense on the perimeter they desperately needed. Um, and, like, I think in the role he's going to be asked to play here rather than Philly, it fits him better. But I like their roster. I think they're a solid playoff team, but I think this might be a touch high. This is a stay away from me for the reason that you said because of Chris Stops. I think the number is pretty close, to be honest. Mm-hmm. If Chris Stops is going to play 60 games, which is aggressive. That's very aggressive. It's an over. I agree with that. I am fairly confident that's not going to happen. Because he's not ready. To, he's not going to be ready to go for the start of the season. Yeah. And when he comes back, he is not playing back-to-backs. No chance. So I think you're talking about maybe maybe 50 games. I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer to like 45 for Chris Tapps this year. It could be less than that too, by the way. Yeah, and like they, he might, it might take a long time for him to get back. And like the thing is, they're going to be solid without him, but like it does take away such a dynamic, really on both ends of the floor for what they do, that um, it does concern me. Who starts at center for them without Kristaps? Kleba. You think you think they'll go Kleba at the five? Because Dwight Powell's hurt, I mean, obviously. Like Dwight Powell would be right. the guy. I mean, maybe I, I think it. Here's the cop out answer: is it'll be matchup dependent. Um, I think they go small with Kleba when they can, and when they absolutely have to, it'll be Willie. Please, for the love of God, give me Bubs. I would love it. Don't get me wrong. I think they'll start Willie over him. Yeah, that's probably right. How many points can Luka Doncic force feed Boban Marjanovic if Boban plays 30 a night? 25 a night, let's say. 25 a night? Um, 18-5. He really might like drop like 17 a game. I mean, I mean like, here's the thing. is like Boban has preposterous offensive touch. Yeah. Like people, he's not a gimmick. In hands. Like his hands are unbelievable. And he has... He swallows the basketball hole. And he also, 
he's one of the rare guys that plays as tall as he actually is. Yes. Because he, he never brings the ball down. Yeah. Because of those hands. He doesn't have to worry about gathering the basketball. If you throw him the ball where he catches it by the rim, he turns and drops it in the rim. It never comes down to his shoulders, much less his waist. Yeah. He's a freak. Like, not because he's tall, because he is one of the most skilled individuals on the offensive end that you'll see at that size ever. Uh, Like, he's got the touch. Like, we know he he can shoot a little bit, but really it's just... The fact that when he catches an offensive rebound or he catches a pass at the rim, he just turns and drops it in and never brings it down to where mortals can fucking grab it. I mean, like, I'm just, like, fascinated to see what happens with Dwight Powell because, like, the the Mavericks are, like, planning to play him this year. Like, he's healthy, apparently. They're saying he's healthy. Yeah. But Dwight is a guy that, like, he relied on his bounce mm-hmm. and his ability to play and pick and roll. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to go well, to be honest. Yeah. I'm like a always. little, I'm a little bit worried about Dwight Powell right now. Always. Yeah. I mean, it's always concerning for, for guys coming off that injury. Um, yeah. I mean, look, like this is a good roster. I don't think it's a great roster. Um, They're going to be a lot better on defense, though. Do you are you one of those people that believes that Luka Doncic will just have a top three offense in the NBA for the rest of his career? That's kind of what it comes down to for me. Because if you think that they're going to be better enough defensively, sure, to where they're going to win more games than they won last year, which would push them over on this. But if you don't believe that and you think that he needs Chris Stapps to space the floor and he needs... I think he still needs Chris Stapps to to be at that level. To be at the level they were at, I think you still need Chris Stapps on the floor. I think he will never be without like a top top 10 unit, no matter who's around, for sure. But I I do think that they take a step back without without Chris Stapps. I agree. Chris Stapps was awesome to end the year last year. He was um, he was so good and like but look like neither of them were like hyper efficient three point shooters because of the volume but like what he does spacing wise that no one else on that roster can do and the way that they can just terrorize you and pick and pop pick and roll like the they got on such a good like symmetry level and like synchronicity it's gonna be it's gonna be like. He, and and Luke is the type of guy that can find that with a lot of guys, yeah. but not but like they're just not as skilled as Chris Stapps to do everything at three levels. You know, like you can work all kinds of action with with Chris Stapps. You can't necessarily do with Kleba and and some of these other guys. So um, especially and especially like somebody like Collie Stein who can just go to the rim. Um, so yeah, like. I think I think the offense won't be as good. They're still going to be really good. I Luca's rightfully the favorite for MVP. He's going to put up preposterous numbers. Yeah. But I I think it's a slight under just because I don't think Chris Tapps plays. But again, I, I'm not betting it. I'm going to say slight over, but again, not betting it. A little disagreement. Yeah. Always healthy. We've had we've had some fun disagreements so far on this Western Conference one at least. Yes. Okay. The Utah Jazz. 42 and a half. Where are we at on the Utah Jazz here? 
The Utah Jazz won 44 games last year in 72. Or no, yeah, in 72. I think this number's dead on. (laughs) That's that's where I'm at. I wouldn't be surprised they won 44 again and were the exact same. I mean, here's the thing is like, they were really good with Bojan. Yeah. Like, he's he fit really well with what they wanted to do. Um, I feel good about Donovan Mitchell. Like, he's not going to be as good as he was in that series in the bubble. But, like, I did see him take a step. And, like, I got to talk with him a couple weeks back for something. And, like, we talked about this off, off air before the Eastern one. But, we, like... One of the things I always ask is kind of like, what are you working on in your game? And like, kind of like, what do you feel you need to get better at? And, and Damian Lillard gave me the best quote I've ever gotten on this like a week ago. Uh, but Donovan um, was able to – he was like, I, I'm, I'm really working on becoming a better facilitator. He's like, I feel like I did a little bit better with that in the bubble. But like, I know that's where I have to be better. Not a lot of guys are willing to necessarily say that and that you're willing to say that tells me you actually understand what you need to get better at yeah i hate when guys tell me i'm working on everything because i okay sure i can get better at everything okay but do you know what you actually need to get better at can you articulate that to me because that's important because that tells me if you're actually introspective and willing to watch your film and accept criticism or whether your idea of getting better at everything is like i'm gonna be a better shooter and so, like that, I, I think Donovan will be a touch better next year. I think he's continuing to get, but he's a little more efficient, becoming better on the ball. I think Mike Conley will be better. He started to look be- like more like Mike Conley. Uh, he was awful at the beginning of the year, and that gives me. But again, like the rest of the West has kind of caught up to the Jazz, you know. And for that reason, I think they they're right in that forty-one to forty-four range, and I don't want to take either side. Is, is this a situation where we mentioned for the Eastern Conference that getting to play more teams against the West is going to hurt them? With Utah, they're going to get to play more games against the against East this the East. year, mm-hmm. which means fewer games, particularly against a good Oklahoma City team, a good Portland team, and a good Denver team. Yes, that's helpful. That's nice. Higher percentage of your games are against the Knicks than ever before. Anytime that's that winning, that's a winning proposition. <laughs> anytime that can happen, that's a win. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I, it's it is it's that same principle, and so like, I think I might nudge and lean ever so slightly over because I, I I think they're probably the same team they are last year, and that was forty four wins. But like, I would never bet this. Yeah, so you get hopefully a full year of Jordan Clarkson. I think that all their guys like aren't really it's, sit out it's, threats. It's Jordan Clarkson time, baby. There's no no player that Robbie Callum loves more than Jordan Clarkson. My guy. Have you ever had a tweet more viral than the Jordan Clarkson tweet? Um, I think I have one going right now. That is really. I did a not another teen movie meme about. It's the Jake Weiler looking at a picture of Jake Weiler looking at a picture of Jake Weiler. And I was like, when the social media managers retweet the account they run from their personal account, and it's bussing. It's got like 20,000 likes. But I will say the Jordan Clarkson is the one I'm most proud of because like it's like capped at like 5,000 retweets and like 7,000 likes. 
but the same 5,000 people retweeted over and over. That's and a good that's point. that's what I love. It doesn't have the wide spread of some of my other ones that I've had. Like, I had a Cam Newton Batman villain one that, that popped off one time. But, like, the Jordan Clarkson one is by far the one that gets brought back the most. And I'm proud of that. It's my legacy. It's my legacy. It's my legacy. It's Jordan Clarkson time. So, full season of Jordan Clarkson. You get a full it was, season it was of... really good for them. A big thing is you get a full season of true center minutes um, mm-hmm. between Rudy Gobert Derek and Favors. Derek Favors. Right. I like that move. I think, I, like I said, lean over, but again, with the rest of the West being as good as it is, yeah. scares me. But like you said, the, the getting more games against the East is always helpful. Yeah. Portland Trailblazers, 41 oh, and a half. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So this is a seven-win improvement for them to go over. I think it's dead on. I'm with you. Look, here's the thing. Portland is one of these teams. So we're going to talk about Portland, Phoenix, Golden State. A lot of these teams that I think have just such a wide variance of outcomes I would believe happening. And when that happens, I just can't bet a number. You know? See, like, I, think the, I think the median for Portland is right in here. They're a team that they're one of these teams that I talk about every year as being a team that always plays hard in the regular season. You know Dame's gonna play a ton. Yeah, Dame's not gonna miss games if he doesn't have to. CJ's gonna play a ton. It's a question of can Nurk play a lot, because they need him to play. They need Nurk on the floor a bunch. Because like behind him you're talking about Cantor, and you're talking about Zach Collins, who's solid but doesn't give him the same things. And Harry Giles. And Harry Giles, who is still a mystery bag, I think, at like what he is on a good team. Right? So, so we still gotta learn that. The thing that worries me is not the center position, actually. Like I think they have enough depth at center to sure. withstand Nurkic playing fifty five games. I think defensively it's a question. Defensively, totally, because the one the thing we know about Harry Giles is that he's a fucking atrocious defender. But sure. And so that's the problem is like if your rotation zone becomes Zach Collins, Cantor, and Giles, that's yeah, it's scary. I do like Harry Giles within that scheme sure. offensively because he runs the dribble handoff stuff. He can really pass. Like, mm-hmm. he can be like what Mason Plumley was for them. Mm-hmm. But the thing that worries me, I'm actually going to say slightly over on this one as well. I like Portland a lot. Yeah. I think they did a really good job this offseason. I think that what they improved upon was exactly what they needed to improve upon. They still have Zach Collins to play the four. They went out and got Derek Jones Jr. They went out and got Robert Covington, who's going to start at the four now. That pushes Zach Collins hopefully into more of a four or five hybrid role as opposed to just being the four, which I think fits his skill set better. Now, you push Mello to the bench. You push Mello to the bench. This is a really, really good really really good roster now and gary trent jr took an enormous leap midway through last year you're gonna to to get a full season of good gary trent i think i hope so they don't have a backup point guard that's the thing that worries me what happens yep. if when dame's not on the floor dame's not on the floor what happens if cj gets hurt what happens if dame gets hurt if dame gets hurt they have no chance oh, anyway well, i mean but that's, like, that's always that's always cooked into this but yeah. like there are certain guys that like have injury issues that you talk about that and like it has to be factored in and then there's certain guys that you're like you're screwed but you can't really like cook that into the numbers because you could say that about so many you know it's like it's the same thing with like Jokic like but like Jokic just doesn't get hurt because of the way he plays like Dayton is obviously a a higher risk because of that but like 
he's still a low risk guy because he always plays a ton of games and plays through stuff. And he told me he doesn't want to rest. Like he was like, we had four months off for the bubble. Why would I not play? I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insinuate anything. <laughs> um, I love Dave. I do too. He's the best. He's one of my favorite guys to talk to in the league. I he's honest as hell. Yeah, I've never talked to Dan, to be honest. He's he's terrific. He also has a piercing stare when you talk to him. Because he's actually paying attention to you. It's terrifying. I'm not used to it. It's Yeah. I, I need to speak to Dame at some point. I'm telling you. I did a Zoom with him like a week ago. It was great. One of my favorite interviews I've done recently. Read it on time. There's a little plug. Look at me. Look at you. You're doing Plugging well. They, they, I, I did a journalism. You did a journalism. Shout out <laughs> to really, Robbie doing really. a journalism. It was a, it was a brand interview through Gatorade, but it was still great stuff. <sighs> okay. So this team has wing depth now. They have big depth. From, mm-hmm. I think they that... Have, and they have Anthony Simons. <laughs> yeah, it's a little scary. But you could convince me that this team wins the Northwest. Sure. If Denver isn't totally healthy and Utah just continues to be Utah within mm-hmm. like that three, four, five range, right? You could convince me that Portland gets much better defensively with Yusuf Nurkic playing a full season with Covington being a perfect fit for that scheme with um, Derek Jones Jr. being able to come off the bench and being a perfect fit for that scheme. Um, they have a chance to be like a league average defense this year after they were 28th in defense last year. Right. By the way, they are plus 325 at uh, bet online. For the Northwest Division. Denver is EV. Utah is plus 210. Like, Portland is really, really good. I'm going to say... Like, I'm almost convincing myself of, like, bet the over on Portland. But I think it's just a lean for me. Mm-hmm. I, I also, like, part of the thing that scares me is it's so trendy. It is. It is. Usually, I like... Usually, part of the reason I like Portland is people are going against them. Yeah. And it is now trendy to like Portland, and I am afraid of that. Yeah, and they might. People, the people might just be right because uh, they are. Like the roster, I really like it. They have the depth at everywhere but point guard, and that point guard, they have a guy that is happy to play thirty-eight minutes a night. Well, and, uh, and I'll be honest, the thing that scares me right now is like I have over for five of the six teams we've talked about so far. Yeah. But again, this goes back to like, we have a lot more unders on the East, I feel like. Yeah, we do. Um, and that, that goes from the, the schedule imbalance compared to usual. Right. And the problem is that I'm going to go over on Phoenix next, too. Hey, same. Like, Phoenix. I got so much, but this is why I had Dallas under, too, because I think they didn't get better the way everybody else around them got. Yeah, that's a good point. So Phoenix is 38 and a half. They won 34 games last year in uh, 73. So let's say 33 and a half they won. So they have to improve by six wins. I think that the Chris Paul, Devin Booker mix is just going to be ridiculous in every single capacity. They got one of the 10 to 15 best players in the league. And that shouldn't be discounted. And they're going to pair him with a player who is rapidly improving in Devin Booker. Mikael Bridges is rapidly improving as a wing stopper. DeAndre Ayton has a real chance to average 23 points a game this year because Chris Paul is going to feed him. 
buckets. And then they got Jay Crowder. They went out and got Dario Saric. Like, this roster makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. They have Javon Carter, my son. I still... I love, I love Javon. I'm not going to quite bet this number because I'm too worried about Chris Paul and soft tissue injuries because if he gets one, that's going to knock him out for a third of the season instead of like a quarter of the season. And it is a very big concern with a number like sure. this. Sure. I still go over because here's the thing. Like what, they won 33 last year? They Yeah, they won the equivalent of like 33 30, and a half. Yeah, yeah 33 and a half. And, like, obviously some of that is cooked in with, like, an 8-0 run in the bubble that maybe is hard to replicate. But I think even if Chris Paul misses some time, and he's going to miss some time, I still think they can go over. And it's for the re- – like, the Chris Paul deal was huge in part because, like, here's the thing. Ricky Rubio was really solid for them last year. And they were able to go out and get someone better who does all the things Ricky does. But better. Yeah. And they bring him in and they did so without giving up a ton. You give up Kelly Oubre, who didn't play a lot for Phoenix, who was good for them. But if you're talking about who they really wanted to play going forward, it was going to be Macau. Like you want Bridges playing. So you clear up a little space for him, but you also bring in some quality vets that can kind of take some of the load off when Chris Paul is gone. You have Langston Galloway. That was a sneaky, really good pickup. Yeah. You have Etwan Moore, another sneaky, good pickup. The thing that I love, and I wrote something about this, the thing I love about what Phoenix has done is they had a plan. When was the last time the Phoenix Sun had a plan and executed it? They had an idea of the players they wanted to get. They fit the coach. Monty Williams wants guys who think defense first. And they got those guys. Jay Crowder, Langston Galloway, good defender. Etwan Moore, solid. You know, especially when he's your ninth man. Like, that's just a good, solid guy. He can shoot from the corner, that sort of thing. You got guys that are going to play defense, and Monty Williams loves that. Javon Carter. Like, Monty Williams loves Javon Carter, maybe more than me, which I didn't know was possible. When I talked to Monty for a Javon Carter thing last year at camp, because they, they come up the Flagstaff, or they used to. Before pandemics, uh, I like asked him about Javon, and like I've never seen a man light up like that. And he was like, "Oh, he's a dog. He eats rocks, and he loves that stuff." And like he's built an identity on a team that hasn't had an identity in like a decade, and that excites me about the Suns because it's there was a foundation last year, and it started with getting guys like Rubio and Baines in the door. You had to have those guys. They leave, and there is the question of depth behind DeAndre Aiden. But you have to remember, DeAndre Aiden missed 25 games to start the season because of the suspension, and they won 34. I, like, I, I, I really do. This is one of my favorite numbers in the West. I'm a believer. For all those reasons, Chris Paul makes everybody on the roster better, including Devin Booker. For everybody that's like, oh, but what about, you know, when, when Chris Paul played with Harden and, like, there was some awkward... I'm like, Devin Booker is not James Harden. Devin Booker enjoys playing off the ball some. He's looking forward to this. He's going to be involved. He's not going to stand 35 feet from the hoop and not help like James when Chris Paul had the ball. It's going to be really, really fun. I'm in on the Suns. I'm in on the Suns, too. 
I understand trepidation. I just it's can't. A, it's a jump, but I think it's a 41 team. Minimal. I believe. Look, I think they, like, if you made me predict a number, I would say right around 40. Like, I would have I set this number at 39.5 as opposed to 38.5. I'm saying slight over, but I can't pull my trigger on betting that number. Because if Chris Paul goes down, I, I do look, not believe in Javon Carter as much as you do offensively. I love, I love Javon. But the thing is, I don't think they have to, you know, like, like you got Langston who can play some point, and, like, I think they've filled that need more than just with Javon. So, like, I, I think I think they can still win games. Not the same clip, obviously, but I think they can withstand that more than... If Aiton goes down, they're in trouble. That's the bigger trouble spot for me. But I think I, I'm not I'm not terribly concerned about that. Okay, let's go to the Golden State Warriors. Woo, a team I want nothing to do with. 36 and a half. I want no, nothing to do with this number. No, thank you. I'm fascinated by this team. I don't want to bet anything on them. I can't predict what's going to happen. I have no idea. They could be awesome because it's Steph. Or, like, I, who knows? Or they could still be not a great team around him. I don't know. I think I would cautiously bet under... Because if Steph or Dre go down, it's a tough scene. This becomes a problem in a hurry for them. One hundred percent. I think there's a chance they win fifty games because Stephen Curry and Draymond Green are incredible, and they can maybe bring something out of Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre. Like, there's a world where this really works. Mm-hmm. I can't quite get there. Yeah, um, I-, I feel you. I mean, like. I think people are maybe a little further down on Wiggins than they should be in the situation he's going to be in. Again, this is all pending Steph. Um, I think Uber is a fine fit. I think that was a good kind of like scramble mode move with Clay being out. Um, the Clay thing's just such a bummer. Yeah. Like, I don't, I like, I was so excited to see what this team could do, but like, it's like he's, he is, what probably one of the five most beloved guys in the league and like he just goes down and just puts such a damper on stuff and like they're gonna have to play James Wiseman and like how much can he impact winning right away I don't know like where's Dre at right now like there's a lot of questions I don't want to I'm not gonna sit here and like say they can't be good because, like, I'm not stupid enough to doubt that Steph could be awesome again this year and just torch everybody and carry this team to 40. There's a chance that he has his highest per-game scoring numbers ever. No doubt. I think he all, I, And I think he has to for them to have a chance um, at being, like, not in the play-in. Because that's the really interesting thing this year is, like, you're not just playing for top eight. You're basically playing for top six. Yeah. And then you're playing for seven, eight, and that sort of thing. But, like, top six, is, and boy, it's hard to – it's it, that's a hell of a path to take for the Warriors because we already talked about seven teams, and we like the over on a lot of them. So I, I'm with you. But uh, fascinating team I want nothing to do with betting-wise. Okay. We're both staying far away from the Warriors. 
we're up to one of my favorite numbers of the year. New Orleans Pelicans, 36 and a half. High. This seems way too high to me. High, especially when we talk about how so many teams in the West got better. And I think it's possible. How is this number higher than the Houston Rockets? I don't. Oh, we're going to get to the Rockets. I got some. I have some thoughts. And I don't even know that I love the Rockets over, but I am staggered that this number is higher than the Rockets. Yes. Boy, they're buying in on the Zion bump. But can, like, do you, do you, like, is Zion going to like Zion's health is a real question. Like, can he stay healthy for the whole year? Genuine question. Um, and on top of that, like, like Bledsoe and Bledsoe's fine, but like, he's not as good as Drew. Like, he's good. He's, but he's a good regular season player. So like, that's what matters for this. But like, they're expecting the Pelicans to win seven more games to go over after losing their best player. Yeah, and like and losing him like for Adams, mostly but, future value. Yeah, this is way too high. I like this. Like, and look, you can make the case Zion Williamson is going to play sixty-five games versus twenty-four. Okay, I, I think that's actually like an interesting case to be made. I don't, mm-hmm. and look, Derek Favors was. it was not pretty Derek favors like was close to washed last year like that that's kind of the sneaky thing for that utah pickup with favors like Derek favors was not very good last year he was not but at least there it's you know it's going home so theoretically he might be able to get it back but i don't think the leap from Derek favors to steven adams is enormous for this roster particularly yeah i'm i'm fascinated to see how that fit goes and they are they're convinced it's gonna work because they gave the man some more money i don't know like i i, 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 I look like eric bledsoe and lonzo ball has a chance to be a great defensive backcourt you have steven adams who's going to be a good offensive player or a good defensive player in the center for them Stan, Stan's gonna just raise their defensive abilities just by the fact that he has he's good at coaching defense. Yeah, there's like a real chance that they have a top ten defense next year, even though they were not very good defensively last year. Also, because like I feel like Stan's actually gonna have a plan for how to deploy Zion on that end. Yes, agree. Rather than trying to have Zion play a role he's never played. Yeah, and like, like Zion, I remember watching was a good remember, defender at Duke. Well, and that's the thing I remember watching him play in the preseason and I was like he he still wants to roam that's the thing he's best at yep and they were trying to put him into like very firm man to man principles and he has a uh, he has a wandering eye for the basketball so he got played to that that's a strength that's what he's best at help side jumping stuff don't have him trying to lock in on somebody he's gonna get beat back door all the damn time yeah and that's what happened. I know, dog. It's been a long podcast. I don't know how this team gets efficient offense is actually my question. It's a very it's a very good question. Because Brandon Ingram and Zion, like I totally buy them as twenty plus point per game scorers this year. Like hundred percent. I think Zion probably does it on similar shooting to what he did this year, like 58, 60% from the field because Zion is, I think Zion is still just like an absolute fucking stud. Yeah. 
But beyond those two, Lonzo is not really a half-court creator. Eric Bledsoe is not really a half-court creator. J.J. Reddick's a spacer and is, I think, still pretty drastically underrated league-wide because he's a podcaster now. But, like, I just don't know where the shooting comes from to space the floor for the guys that they need to space the floor for. Yeah, I it's it's a weird roster that is David Griffin's clearly still kind of retooling, and uh, it's interesting to have them at an over five hundred number for what is in the finished product at all. I'm with you. I like the under here. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. to the Houston Rockets who you have takes on I do actually 34 like and a half is this number by the way I like the over sell me on it alright let's talk about this okay so here's the thing I get it okay the James Harden panic all of this I don't think Harden gets traded before the deadline or at least before the beginning of the season. I just don't think it's going to happen. Like, I know he's trying and he's doing his best to get out. But also, like, Harden's just going to play and he's going to play his game. And that makes you a good team. They also still have a solid roster. We don't know what John Wall is. Who knows? That's a wild card. I understand that. But Christian Wood was a nice pickup. Like, they got some guys. Eric Gordon's still there and still good. P.J. Tucker's still there and still good at what P.J. Tucker does. And, like, I get it. Like the, But here's the thing. Houston has never really thrived on the fact that they are a good chemistry bunch. I'm not worried about the fact that, like, ooh, it's going to be awkward in the locker room. It's been awkward in the locker room for, like, the entire Harden tenure. Right? It was awkward when he had Dwight. They won some games. It was awkward with Chris Paul. They won games. It was probably awkward with Russ. We don't know a ton, but like clearly that didn't work out great. They won a bunch of games. James Harden makes you win games. James Harden plays all the time. And he plays a lot. As long as he's there, they'll be fine. On top of that, they are not asking, based on what it appears, for a extremely future-facing deal. They want someone established along with picks. If you look at the teams that seem most likely to make a trade, any return they get is still going to be good. They're going to get good players for James Harden. Even if it's the Nets package of Dinwiddie, Levert, Allen, and a billion picks or whatever. That's still going to be a good basketball team. 34 and a half? They're not good enough to win 34 and a half with that team, I don't think. You're you're if you're betting not, on no, but, an but over, I'm say, but I'm but I'm saying but I'm saying that's not happening until the deadline. At the earliest. Yeah, I think in that, my estimation. I think that even if it happens then, it's they're fucked. Playing in the West, like that that's just not going to be good enough to get But you play all those East teams. We talked about this. But that's that's like a 25 win team, I think. I don't know. Like I I just think and like honestly, and like that. Look, like they might just not be willing to take that. But the thing is, that particular package, which isn't, which is by far like not a good one, 
Like, I think we can agree. But even that, like, they're solid players you're giving back. You're not going to suddenly become the worst team. And they won't take that package until it's absolutely clear they can't get anything else, and that would be the deadline. If they take something before that, they're getting someone. That's, like, legit good. And not James Harden good, obviously, but they're going to get somebody good. And I just like, are you, are you convinced of that? Cause I'm not like, I wonder if they would rather take a like package of player or take a package of picks. That's like super high upside, like amazing future draft capital stuff. I don't think so. I part of it is because I don't think that lines up with the teams that he wants to go to. Right. Like if he wants to go to the contender, who, what contender has draft capital? The most interesting draft capital place he could go is New Orleans. For like an Ingram plus whatever at the deadline. That sounds exceptionally fun. Right? I mean, like, first off, yes. Okay. Give me James Harden Zion. That'd be funny as hell. Secondly, okay. Like, that's, that is the future-facing move, right? It's New Orleans. Because, like, that's a team that's at least kind of good that hard that might be willing to give up some stuff for Harden but like if you're talking about Boston and you're talking about Philly like they don't have the amazing picks that are going to make you just dive all in on a future pick stash thing like they just don't because if you give them Harden their next three picks are not going to be good so that's not real valuable Next three, next four, whatever. So, like, I, I think they get a good player. I really do. And I think if that happens, it's kind of like how what I was saying about OKC last but, year. But there's no way that that player is going to be anywhere near good enough to get them over this, num- this number, I don't think. Like, they're, if they lose James Harden, you're losing... The guy who's like the ultimate, the, the idea here is like what's, what we talked about with Washington with Russell Westbrook, right? That James Harden is going to be a top six offense in the NBA in, yes. unto himself. So he is the ultimate floor raiser for this team, right? Yeah, I get it. There's just no way that like they can recover from that. I don't think, right? I, th- I think, I think it won't be as bad as people think. And like maybe, I, and I could be incredibly wrong. But I do think that whatever they get back is just because of the money that you have to make work. And because Harden's not getting traded for, like, salary dump contracts, even if they move him for, like, an expiring star, like, because Tillman wants to save some money next year or whatever, you know, like, that's always a thing. I I just, like, I don't know. Like, I think they could be perfectly fine. And like, hey, maybe John Wall's fine. Probably not. But maybe? I don't know. That's always there, too, with what you get back. I don't know. I just feel like this number's super low, and like I always like one like buy low team. So here's the reason that if... I'm going to stay away from this number. That is uh, is probably smart. Because there's too much uncertainty in Houston right now. The whole thing's a fucking train wreck. That's Um, fair. And honestly, like when the whole thing is a train wreck, you should probably go under at the end of the day. 
Um, but see, again, I don't think chemistry matters in Houston because they've never had it. <laughs> I this is my this is this is my strongest belief, which is they have never had chemistry in Houston, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, I get that. And actually, trading James Harden might create good chemistry with whoever comes in because it won't be worse. Anyway, please continue. So. I'm staying away, period, at the end of the day. But if your suspicion is that James Harden is going to stay this whole season, and my suspicion is that he will, and that he won't hold out. Very possible, yeah. I think you go over on this number. If you think... And that's the the thing, and I I think... There's a very good chance that happens. But on top of that, I think there are paths in the alternative of a deadline deal to them still getting over. And as such, I actually like it. I think there's more than a 50% chance of either him staying or the few deals that happen still keep them over the number, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'll bet this. I'm going to stay away. I'm... 100% 100% staying away. Uh, it's, it's, that is the smart thing to do. You are the voice of reason here, Sam. You, you got to talk with the emotion. You got to go for it, Robbie. Sometimes, look, man, we're, we're in hour three. I love you're it. fired up about something. The Memphis Grizzlies. Apparently, apparently the Houston Rockets. I do not have nearly as much passion about the Memphis Grizzlies. 30 and a half is this number. The Memphis Grizzlies last year. Won 34 games in 73 games. So like 33 and a half, let's say. So the number is three games lower than what they won last year. Yeah. The over here would be anticipating real improvement from John Morant. Mm -hmm. Real improvement from Jaron Jackson. Real improvement from Brandon Clark. Mm -hmm. While also maintaining that Taylor Jenkins may just be like an unbelievable coach. I think he's genuinely got a shot to be a top 10 coach in the NBA at some point. I think he's really, really good. He's quite good. I'm a little bit skeptical because this is still a very young team. And I think they played over their head for the first part of this season. Yes. Last year. Yes. I'm staying away from this number. I think it's about right. Mm Mm-hmm. Where are you at on the Memphis Grizzlies Same. coming into this year? Same. I would maybe lean under. Um, because here's the thing. If we talk about like teams with a guy they cannot afford to lose, Jaron Jackson Jr. is that guy in Memphis. They rely heavily on him. Well, and John Moran is that guy. Well, and John Moran, but like, I don't... I mean, John make, like John's apparently built like Gumby and can just crash through things and bounce up. Um, but certainly plays a style that terrifies you. Like they should have, you know, like how they have like the guy that like folds the crash pad down under the hoop for the dunkers off the trampoline. Yeah. Memphis needs that guy. Every time Ja goes to the rim, just roll it out there. Please save the young man from himself. Anyway, like, but, like, Jaron's thing is, like, he's battled a bunch of stuff. And, like, I hope he stays healthy. They're so fun. I love this team. They're draft Twitter's fever dream, all of that good stuff. Like, the roster's fucking hysterical. 
just based on like everybody that like draft people are like, ooh, I like that guy. They're like, okay, we'll sign him. Like, it's great. But that also means they're super young, just incredibly young. And, um, yeah, like so many other teams in the West got good around them. And, like, I, I don't like this under, under nearly as much as the Pelicans under. Uh, but I would I would lean under, I think, I think 30's pretty close to right, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're, like, 28, 29 wins. And, like, because, like, Ja might just be the exact same guy, and I think that makes things more difficult for them. And that would still be fine, because he's still a good player. But, like, you know my, you know my development isn't linear rant. I'd I've be, done it before. I'll do it again. I'd be interested to see a number for who wins more games, Memphis versus New Orleans, given where these win totals are. Could be a big number. Like, I wonder if it would be, if you could get like two to one on Memphis winning more games than New Orleans. Oh, probably. Six games? Yeah. Yeah. That could be intriguing. Because I think those teams are close. Like, I'm not saying that, like, it's guaranteed that mm-hmm. Memphis wins more games. But than just from a value Orleans. standpoint. But from a value standpoint, like, given that there's six games difference here, two to, if you can get two to one on your money there, that might not be bad. Uh, I don't hate it. I'm staying away, though. This is a, this is a good number, I think. Um, mm-hmm. 30 and 42, like, look, that's a, they, they were ahead of where they were supposed to be last year. They were. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, this is not us hating on Memphis. I like their trajectory for the future. They keep drafting guys that I love. Yeah, but the West is fucking gross, man. (laughs) Like, good luck. Shout out to my favorite people, Xavier Tillman and Desmond Bain. And they were just like, okay, nobody wants these guys. Thank you. They got the guy that I had at number 18 on my board for essentially two second-round picks in Desmond Bain. It was very impressive. Yeah. They did exceedingly yeah. well at the draft, despite having, do. like, zero picks. Right, and they always seem to. And, like, again, that means their timeline is not this year, though. Yes. I think that's the thing that confuses people. Like, their timeline, they jumped ahead last year, but we kind of saw in the bubble when they had to play good teams all the time. There can be some struggles. They're going to play a lot of good teams in the West. Yeah, let's this go to my concern. Let's go to anyway. San Antonio. Ooh, I have no idea. Neither do I. Twenty nine and a half. Twenty nine and a half is a hard over if they keep Demar Derozan well, and Marcus yes. Aldridge the whole year. Yes, Demar Derozan, not the eighty second best player in the NBA. No, that's fucking insane. DeMar DeRozan's really good at basketball. <laughs> He's an excellent basketball player. LaMarcus Aldridge, if healthy and on the team, very good. Derek White's good. Like, they have good players. Pop's still good. Like, DeMar DeRozan last year averaged 22 points, five really rebounds, good. almost six assists, with a 60% true shooting percentage and an 11% yes. turnover rate. Yes. Yes. He's excellent at basketball. He's so uh, good. Like. Tremendous. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I'm with you. I would lean over. And the thing is, is, like, they've never 
as long as Pop's there, they're not really, like, keen on, like, hey, we're going to rebuild. Like, they've never indicated they're going to do that. And, like, maybe they trade DeRozan. Maybe they trade Aldridge. Like, maybe Boston comes calling with that TPE for Aldridge or whatever. But I don't know. Like, they might just be like, hey, like, we can get to the play-in, and if it's win two games, we've got guys we feel can do that. I would lean over. I'm with you. The thing that scares you is the possibility that they do trade guys, but that has never seemed to be their MO. But I think you have to wonder if it is this year because... And again, and again, this is the year that feels like if they were ever going to do it, it's now. Yeah, I kind of think that they're going to move both of them at some point, which is why I'm staying away from this number. Sure. I don't yeah. trust the Spurs to not move those guys. If they keep them, this is like a super fun team. Like they can go and yes. roll out like, you know, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, um, you know, DeMar. Well, like I like the DeMar at the four. Like, let's go like Devin Vassell at the three, DeMar at the four sure. and LaMarcus at the five. Like, sure. With Lonnie and Jakob off the bench, like let's have some fun. Or like Keldon Johnson at the three, or Keldon, yeah, you know, maybe they got dudes that are good at basketball, and they have like weird lineup versatility. Like they're going to be, they are an underrated, super fun team to watch when Demar is at the four. Mm-hmm. Like people don't discuss that enough. Yes, but they're actually like genuinely a really good time to watch when Demar is at the four. And if LaMarcus is healthy, LaMarcus is, for my money, maybe the most like underappreciated player of his generation, too. He's up there. I mean, he's uh, he's him. Uh, it's kind of funny because him and Demar are both in that realm of like, oh god, this guy's in the All Star game. Yeah, it's like yes, he is because he's an All Star. Like, no, he's not do wild dunks and hucking threes, but like he's really good at basketball. Yeah. And like they lost Bryn Forbes and I like Bryn Forbes as we talked about with Milwaukee on the last podcast, but this team is being projected to lose three more games than what it lost last year with Bryn Forbes being like the only real loss. And if anything, they're going to get actual real internal development from DeJounte, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, Jakob Pertl, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, this would, and like obviously the trade stuff is cooked into this number, but I don't hate the over. Yeah. Um, I'm going to lean over, but I'm going to stay away from this one. Um, just because I think that they probably are going to move some guys because they're not competing for a title right now. So you should move your, your upcoming unrestricted free agents. Yeah. Sacramento Kings, 27 and a half. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a team that last year won 31 games. Yep. It's tough for me to really buy into this being an over, though. They let the Bogdan walk for... Nothing? Nothing. Alex Len and Kent Bazemore are gone, and they were good for them at the end of the season. Uh, They added Hassan Whiteside, which... Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I. 
Here's the thing. This is, they fall into the someone's got to lose some games in the West category for me. Of the teams that think they should be able to try and win. Uh, I don't like that the biggest buzz coming out of camp is Jabari Parker. Love it. Still in confidence in me. Like, it's like De'Aaron Fox is good. It's like, we knew that. I'm like, what else is new? And they're like, well, Jabari Parker looks good. I'm like, I don't tell me that. Don't do this to me. What's the Marvin Bagley update? Can I get something on literally anyone else? Don't give me Jabari Parker buzz. I don't feel strong about the Kings. I won't bet it. I would. I think this number is probably right. Twenty-seven. The the big thing for me is like I think Luke is bad. <laughs> like, let's just be real. Also, also a strong possibility. Like, I don't think he's a very good coach, and that feels like problems. That's that's, prob- that's problematic when uh, when your only hope is internal development. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Okay. That, I think that's enough Kings talk. Yeah. Shout out to Aaron Fox. De'Aaron's fun. I love De'Aaron. I I hope he's healthy all year. Uh, super fun. I hope Marvin Bagley's healthy all year. Because I would like to see what he can do. You know? I, otherwise, like, I, you know, like they're... It's a bummer because they felt like such a... They felt like an up-and-coming team two years ago. And it feels like we've taken another step back. Which, like, has to be disheartening for the Kings fans. Like, it felt like you were on the right trajectory and now... Took a step back. The Minnesota Timberwolves, 28.5. Do they have a chance to stop a soul defensively? Uh, who's where's the defense? Them or the Wizards? I think. I think it's Washington. I think I'm gonna say Minnesota. No. Oh! oh, this is thrilling. Really? I don't know. I mean, like, like the roster stuff, but like they. Ooh, man! Like what? Washington's front court is. Paper mache on defense, and you add in Russ, who is going to create chaos, maybe in the wrong direction. I don't know. At least Minnesota has Ricky. That's true, and Minnesota has Akogi and, and, and Culver. Yeah, it's uh, probably Washington. You're probably right. The thing is, the more I think about it, you're probably right that it's Washington. Washington has bad defense everywhere. Minnesota has a non-existent rim protection. But they have, like, they can throw some lineups out there that can maybe play a little defense. Because if you get Culver out there and Ricky and Okogi and, like, they're going to have to figure out how to slide those guys in. But, like, yeah. No, but no, they're not. They're going to be a bottom five defense again. It's going to be Washington, Cleveland, Minnesota, probably the Knicks. Those four for sure in the bottom five. And somebody else. The Cavs? I said the Cavs. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah, Cavs, Knicks, Wizards, Timberwolves. 
Hornets could be a struggle. Hornets could be bad defensively, but Hornets I think Borrego's pretty Hawks, good. Hawks could be bad, but I don't think they'll be that bad this year just because of Capella. I don't know. There's some contenders out there. Thunder could be just because the Thunder suck. Yeah, the Thunder just might be like atrocious. They just might be awful. They just they just might be awful. So they're probably there. But yeah, um, no, they will not stop anybody. Yes, they will score a lot. Yes, I'm fascinated to see what they do. No, I don't want to bet on them. It's probably under, though. It's hard for me to go under on a team that has Carl Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Like, two yep. like borderline all-stars in the West. Correct. Carl Anthony Towns is the best shooting center in NBA history. I think that I am going to say under. Yeah, that's where I'm at. But I don't want to bet it. But I don't want to bet it. That's that's a good number, I think, like for where they are. Agreed. No, it's it's a it's a very solid number. And again, this is a team that wants to win. They're going to try and win. The question is, how much does Anthony Edwards play? That is my question. Because you just spent the number one overall pick. If they play him like most people play number one overall picks, then you probably actually want to take the under. Yeah. But like, if they play him like twenty minutes a night. Then they'll be better. But like if he's getting 30 and they're pushing other guys to the periphery, it's a tough scene. Okay. The Thunder are up next. They're at 22 and a half. This is like a hard under for me. But let's play a game with the Oklahoma City. Okay. How many players can you name on the Oklahoma City Thunder roster? I'm not looking. I do not have this up. You have Shea? That's one. Lou Dort? Two. George Hill? Three? Yeah, George Hill's on the roster. I'm pretty sure. For now. He will get traded. Because George Hill on a bad basketball team is not someone you want around. Trevor Ariza is on the Thunder. That's true, four. But I don't another think that's going to last long. Another person you don't want on a bad basketball team. Uh, Mike Mascala is on the Thunder. Al Horford is on the Thunder. That's the big one that I knew. Six. Um, they traded Terrence Ferguson. He is not on the Thunder. No. Hmm. Hamadou Diallo. Hami, yes. He is there. That's I, seven. I believe TJ Leaf. TJ Because didn't they trade him for LaQueue? Who no, they got in the Chris noted, Paul deal? Noted NBA basketball player TJ Leaf is on the good God. I believe Admiral, Admiral Schofield is on this roster because I think that they got him in the Ooh. Cassius Winston deal. Wow. Okay. Admiral, who didn't play a lot on the Wizards team last year, that was bad. Oh, Darius Baisley. That's 10. Yes. Uh, I have one other one that I know. Oh, Poku. Oh, Poku. So I have two more Poku. that I know. Um, oh, they got uh, also in the Stephen Adams. They got Darius Miller in the Stephen Adams trade. Oh, did they? Okay. So that's 12. Yes. And Kenrich. Okay, 13. My 14th was Ty Jerome. Okay. Who they got in the Chris Paul deal. 
Okay. All right, let's pull this up and see what's left. I'm interested to see here. Who have we missed? Uh, oh, uh, Josh Hall. Yeah, the two-way. He's a two-way. Justin Jackson is on this team. Oh. In the, um, he was part of the Ariza deal. Yeah. Uh, Frank Jackson. Oh, yeah. Omer Yurtseven. I'm sure I'm butchering that. No, you nailed it. That's uh, he's uh, e- E10, I think. Okay. Isaiah Roby. Oh yeah, they got him last year, didn't they? And uh, Moses Brown on the two-way. They'll cut some of these guys, obviously. Yeah, I think we've got like twenty so far. But I'm pretty proud. Of it. We got like twelve guys, twelve or thirteen, clean. That's a good job by us. Boy, that's a roster, isn't it? There's no you know, way that that team wins more than 10 especially, games. Especially because... Okay. Uh, who are their best players? Shea. Period. Shea, Al Horford. I keep forgetting they have Horford, and Horford is a genuinely, like genuinely good. good. Yeah. And he's going to be... I think he's going to be good. And like he doesn't know how to do anything but like actually try to play basketball well. Uh so those two, I George Hill is probably the third best player, and he's gone soon. Like has to be. Uh, Trevor Reza also gone, and he's probably in your top five or six guys on the roster. Yeah, Baisley and Dort are probably next up on the list. I think. Yeah, I agree. I feel good about that. I feel good about that. Ken Rich so and Hami. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about you're gonna have. Just a lot of shy. I think I've said his name like four different ways on this podcast already. It's Shay. It's Shay. I, I knew that. One day I'll get it. I, my apologies. My, my apologies. Hour four of the podcast. Brain is mush. A uh, lot of Shay. A lot of Al. Probably a lot of, lot of Baisley. Just to see what they got. Right? Like, just being like, do some stuff, kid. Yeah, man. This is an under. Because they're not going to trade anybody for anybody good. No. No, they want the number one overall pick next year. They want Cade. Yeah. By the way, Shea and Cade? Give it to me in my veins right now. I think Brian Schroeder will move to Oklahoma City. I just moved to Melbourne, and I might move to Oklahoma City. <laughs> like that is that is just a a powerful duo in the backcourt of vision and strength and everybody would the people would love it. Uh, yeah, so under here, just because I mean we don't need to do anything else other than read off that roster. Yeah, like whenever we have to play a game as professionals, professionals. who work in this industry, mm-hmm. who is on this roster right now? And like, look, we got to twelve. Like, we did well. We did pretty. We did pretty well. We got like, I think maybe, yeah, we got to like twelve or fourteen. Because like Poku was one that we just kind of. And, yeah. and like Baisley was tenth for us. Like we should have got Bays yeah. earlier. But like, that's concerning. It's not great, and I mean, like, it's like, like every. The funny thing is, I remember 
when they did the um, when they did the Dennis deal and the Chris Paul deal, I remember everybody being like, "Man, I can kind of talk myself into a Ricky Rubio, Al Horford, you know, Shea and." Baisley and Dord and like I, I can talk myself into this and then all of a sudden everybody and Ubre I can talk myself into this being maybe you know maybe competitive and Sam Presti was like absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not I won't have any of it I won't allow it he's like stop being optimistic about my team yeah they're rough man This, this is where we're at. I think this is like this is my favorite under. By the way, this is my favorite bet of the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, like, they're, like this number is too high by maybe like eight wins. <laughs> they're gonna, like they're gonna be awful because there you, is like a non-zero chance Al Horford is washed, and if Horford is like actually washed, that's that no might be a single-digit win team. In a 72-game season? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's bad. And new coach? Like, oh. Yeah. This is a firm under. I'm with you. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely the best under in the West. Because, like, that's the other thing is, like, they get to play East teams, but that doesn't help them. Yeah. Like they're the, they're the team that like the Knicks are circling, as like we can get to. And I love so many guys on this roster. I love sure. Shea. I love sure. Poku. I love Lou. Basically, interesting. Drastically exceeded expectations. Mm-hmm. Ken Rich is. He was my highest rated undrafted player in that draft. Like, I want to be in. I want to be there. I'm not there. But they don't care. Like, this is not what they're trying to do. This is absolutely not. They're not trying to win games. Nope. Like, I'm just... Here's the... That's the other thing I'll I'll say about stuff like this is, like, when a team, when a front office tells you what the goal is... With their moves, believe them. Like last year, we both loved the over because we were like, this is a good basketball team. Yeah. They have real basketball players. Guess what? They were a good basketball team. We thought they might trade some guys, but we still like the over. They still would have hit the over if they traded everybody at the deadline last year. Yeah. But they're like, we don't need to do that. Chris Paul's value is not going anywhere. Who cares if we get a first, who cares if we get another pick for Gallinari? We can make the playoffs. That'll be good. Get some revenue, whatever. This year, they could have done the same thing if they kept everybody from the Chris Paul trade. And Al Horford and Dun- like if they had done that, if they kept Ubre and Rubio and Horford, that would have told you, hey, we're we're still trying to kind of float in this range. They have made explicit the goal when they unloaded Ricky. And unloaded Kelly, and they will unload George Hill, and they brought Trevor Ariza in, who is not going to be there. They have told you what the plan is. 
believe them. Over under December 25th point five for Trevor Ariza being on this roster. Under. Over under December 25th point five for George Hill being on this roster. I can see that being an over. I think that's going to be over. I think Ariza will be under. Ariza is like genuinely a dude you just don't want in the locker room if he is not wanting to be there. Like he is a very high variance guy. Like on a good team, you're like, hey, Trevor Ariza. On a bad team, you're like, oh my God, no. Like I've talked to some people with the Suns. It was not good. Not good. Didn't enjoy his time. Um, but like Portland, it was like, hey, it's pretty good. Sacramento, not great. So, tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. And he chose to be in Phoenix and hated it. Bloom payment. That was a choice. Look how far the Suns have come. From giving Trevor Ariza $15 million to hate life. <laughs> to getting to getting Jay Crowder to choose them over other teams at a reasonable contract. I needed it. How about it? How about those Phoenix Suns? Over 38 and a half. Circle the wagons. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> to recap. The Lakers, I like the over, and I think I would consider betting on it. You are a stay away, but like the over. Agree. The Clippers, both over, and we both think it's a bet on the over. Yes. The Nuggets, I think that we both said totally stay away, but probably a, what did we say, slightly under? I honestly don't remember. I think I might have said slate over, but I yeah. You I said we both. I think we both just said we're terrified of putting any faith in Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, uh, slight over on the Mavericks for me. Slight under for you, Robbie. Slight right. over for both of us on Utah. Both pass on both Dallas and Utah. Um, lean over on Portland for both of us, but pass. Mm-hmm. Slight over for me on Phoenix. Bet over for you on Phoenix. Let's ride. Golden State, we are staying as far away from, from as possible. Least favorite bet on the board. Yes. New Orleans, 36 and a half. We both really like the under. Houston, you are betting the over. My I'm a madman. I'm a madman. I don't even think I gave an answer on the Houston over under. You're like, terrified of it. Yeah, like that's the number I might like even less than Golden State's. Like, I think that my immediate reaction is over because James Harden's just enough of a ceiling raiser to get them to 500. But like, I don't feel great about that. Uh, Memphis, I think we both are a stay away, maybe a slight under. Yep. Somebody's got to lose games. San Antonio, we're both a slight over, but staying away because of potential for trades. Sacramento, we are both a slight under because someone has to lose games in the West. Minnesota, we're... Luke Walton is there. And Luke Walton exists. Uh, Minnesota is a slight under because someone has to lose games in the West and defense exists. 
And then uh, somebody needs to tell them. <laughs> and then Oklahoma City, uh, twenty-two and a half. That is a bet over. <laughs> if there's ever been one. Yeah, we're hammering the under. Uh, or bet under. I'm sorry. That's like a yeah, hammering the under. No question under. That's a bet. Send it in, Jerome. <laughs> Send it in, Sam. Oh uh, my god. Do they have? So do they have? Do they have like NBA futures at the books out there? Can you, can you, can you capture that? I at mean, the local establishment. Probably. Let's see. What do we got to? I was just you know I was just uh, you know. What like, do we got to points bet? Let's take a look. I know they've got they've you know they've got more uh it's more readily available. Oh, uh, I could I could under. points bet the Oklahoma City under probably. Oh. What what would you be willing to tease it down to? Where would you feel comfortable? I think 18 and a half. Yeah, something like that. Like what number could you get for four wins? For four. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean like for to to drop it four wins from what it is. Like 18 and a half. Like, what's the juice we can get on that? Uh, regular season wins. Uh, NBA totals. Oklahoma City on points bet is... Oh, no. They're off the board. Because they don't have a roster that's, like, full right now. Cowards. OKC is off the board right now for points bet. Which, like, frankly... Houston probably is, too. Frankly, probably the right call. Houston's on the board. Houston's Are 34 they? and a half. Yeah. Okay. Um... I think everyone else other than Oklahoma City is on the board. That's a real shame. Which, like, again, frankly, probably the right call for any sports book, given the fact that we have no idea what this roster is going to look like in Oklahoma City by the end of it. Yeah, I think they might do it. I think because I think Ariz is a partial guarantee. So I think they out, they'll probably outright wave him. Keep George Hill as a trade thing. Well, wait, when did the Ariza deals get signed? Because don't you have to? Like the way the trade rules are now, don't you have to like guarantee a certain number to like be able? Yeah, to... but I think again, I think it's only a partial guarantee of his deal, so they can like waive him for like four million bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, who gives a damn? They gotta reach the the floor somehow. Al Horford only makes so much. Yeah, that's a good point. If they waive him, the salary counts against it. Yeah. Yep. And, like, they'll just get him out of there, and then he'll sign somewhere closer to the trade deadline and just kind of parachute in. Love it. Love that move for Trevor Ariza. Absolutely. Hey, uh, a secure the bag Hall of Famer Trevor Ariza. He really is. Trevor Ariza. He's made a lot of money. How much money has Trevor Ariza made? Let's play that game to finish this podcast. I think it's like $120 million. All right. You are... So he's made 103 so far mm-hmm. and then has whatever money he gets this time. It yeah. Like it's his base is 128. Maybe it is all guaranteed. Christ. No, 1.8 million guaranteed. But I bet that bumped up in the trade. Okay. Yeah, he'll get waived, but good for Trevor. $100 million man. Love it. I love it so much. Robbie, tell the people where they can find your work. Uh, Uprock Sports, DimeMag.com, all that good stuff. Um, 
we got the podcast for college football betting podcast if you if you want to find that on uh wherever you listen to your favorite podcast including this one the game theory podcast with sam facini one of the best out there uh sam it's a pleasure as always man we podcasted for four hours about nba win totals which might have gone under the projected total actually yeah i think it did like we're actually going to be right around i think like closer to three by the time this is all said and done like this is a proud of it we had an internet outage here in flagstaff yeah for like 10 minutes yeah man we've done pretty well this is a this is a win robbie i'm glad that we do this (laughs) yearly It, it is one of my favorite podcast events every single year is doing NBA win total over unders. It is the absolute best. And I'm so glad that we got to try and guess who is on Oklahoma City's roster right now. I'm impressed with how we did. Yeah. It's, we definitely we hit the over on what I would have projected. <laughs> I would have put it at like eight. Yeah, eight and a half was the good guess. Uh, this has been the Game Theory Podcast. Please remember, rate, review, subscribe, do everything you can to support the show. We will be back next week at some point. I'll talk to Matt Penny. I'll talk to some other folks. Uh, I have one guest that I've been trying to book for a little while, and I think I'm going to do that for a little preview content for the NBA season, which starts next week by the time that this has been published. But until next time, folks, we will talk soon. Bye.